On the 15th of June 1904, New York City suffered one of the worst disasters in its history when a passenger ship named the General Slocum caught fire while sailing along the East River. The resulting blaze claimed the lives of over a thousand people. It was a truly horrific day, but it was one during which a young Irish immigrant became a national hero in the USA. That immigrant was Mary McCann, who grew up near the Westmeath village of Glasson. Because of her extraordinary bravery that day, she was later honoured by the United States Congress. To learn more about the General Slocum disaster and Mary McCann's role, I'm joined by Ian Kennelly, historian and researcher for The History Show, who's written about those events. First of all, who was Mary McCann? What was she doing in the United States? Okay, so Mary McCann uh, was born near, in a townland called Britis near Glasson in, in Westmead. And uh, she emigrated to the United States when she was around 17. Is not quite sure. She might have been 16. And her exact age isn't, isn't quite clear, but she was a teenager. Uh, when she got to Ellis Island, where so many immigrants arrived, she was found to have scarlet fever. So she was transferred to a place called uh, North Brother Island, the Riverside Hospital there. Now, at the time, North Brother Island was used as um, a kind of uh, a holding pen for people with infectious diseases. Typhoid Mary, Mary Mallon had spent time on, on North Brother Island. So that's where Mary McCann ended up uh, with scarlet fever. And then she, over a few weeks, she recovered. And by June 1904, she's healthy enough to be working as a kind of an orderly in the hospital, working on the wards and so on. And while she's working in the Riverside Hospital, on the morning then of the 15th of June 1904, people are boarding the General Slocum. Tell us about this, this ship. What, what was it? Okay, so it was a passenger ship um, and before it became infamous it plied its trade sailing. It had been built in 1891, sailing up and down the East River, taking people on pleasure cruises. Now it was uh, a steam steam paddle ship, so it had three decks, it was about 80 metres long and it was powered by uh, two giant paddle wheels on left and right side of the ship. They were about nine metres tall, they had 26 uh, paddles and uh, that's how the ship moved and on that day it was uh, carrying about 1,300 or 1,400 people, uh, members of a Lutheran uh, community in what was called Little Germany on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. And uh, that was well within the capacity of the ship. The ship could carry 2,000 plus Mm. people. So it wasn't overcrowded or anything. But these 1,300, 1,400 people, mostly women and children, were planning to go to Long Island uh, to mark the end of the school year, uh, spend the day picnicking, be picked up in the afternoon and come home. That was the plan anyway. It uh, didn't work out, though, because the General Slocum began its journey from the Lower East Side shortly after 10 a.m. Uh, that morning. And at first, the journey was completely uneventful, but signs of trouble appeared as the ship reached a, a place called Hell's Gate. What happened? Well, Hell's Gate, roughly where the Robert F. Kennedy Bridge is now, is is long was long known as an area of dangerous tidal currents, uh, shipwrecks and so on. Um, And just, it was an an unfortunate place to encounter trouble. Passengers noticed smoke. Captain disregarded those early uh, warnings that there was smoke coming up from below decks. Um, But it turned out that just underneath, at the the forward part of the ship, uh, one of the main cabins had been storing oil and all sorts of flammable material. And that had caught fire probably through a cigarette or a carelessly discarded uh, match, something like that. But it was a wooden hull ship, so the, the flames started to spread very, very quickly. And how did the ship's crew and how did the captain react 
once he realised, as I said, he he ignored the, the initial warnings, but once he realised that there was a serious problem on board uh, and that displays were starting to spread, now what you have is the front of the ship is on fire, the passengers are starting to move to the back of the ship just to get away from the flames. He uh, seems to have frozen. Then, now, there was a public inquiry afterwards as to his actions uh, and he would, he would end up being uh, incarcerated, but he seems to have frozen on that day and decided to just plough ahead towards North Brother Island. Why he chose that spot is not clear but it was about a mile or so away and for the next few minutes the ship was heading straight towards uh, North Port of Ireland burning all the time And did people try and jump overboard? Well yeah they did but there was a, you know this is a, a large ship and people are you know they're 8, 9, 10 metres above the water also the, the, the stretch of water they're in is very uh, dangerous it's women and children so a lot of the a lot of the passengers, maybe they can't swim, but it's a lot of very small children, you know, infants, uh, babies, uh, children, uh, toddlers under five, six years of old, not able to handle the, the, the currents in that area because a lot of contemporary reports made reference to that point that even those people who did manage to get into the water, women and children jumped out from the side of the ship, for example. Some of them, unfortunately, were caught up in the giant paddle wheels, mm. but others, because of the, the, the currents in that stretch of the river, were pulled under. As one newspaper said, the water offered no respite. And this is where Mary McCann enters the story. How does she respond to what she sees happening? Right, so you've got this... The ship is, is careening towards North Brother Island. So from the, the first indications that there's a fire to the moment it hits North Brother Island, it, it's six minutes. Now, hundreds of people have probably died at that stage. And the people in North Brother Island, including Mary McCann, they can see what's happening. They can hear the screams of people coming. That alerts the staff at the Riverside Hospital. They're down on the beach waiting for the ship to hit North Brother Island. It literally careens into the island. Uh, the back of the ship swings around. So what you have is the ship is kind of half half submerged, half sitting on the beach. The back of the ship is still over 20 metres away. There's an incredible fire. Uh, the heat is, is intolerable. Uh, and Mary McCann and others now, but Mary McCann decides to go into the water and start looking to help people. So the first person she pulls out of the water is a baby. She brings that back to shore uh, and one of the other hospital workers uh, takes the baby from her, wraps it and and looks after it. She goes back into the water and pulls out uh, a child. Now, just to give you an idea of the chaos that's... um, that's engulfed this area and that's surrounding her. There's bodies everywhere. There's accounts of people, you know, desperately trying to help, but everybody they pull is is already dead. But she manages to help. Uh, she manages to save one child and she brings that child back to shore. That child is, is please, please go back and get my brother. And she thinks he, say, he says his name is Harold. She's not sure, but she goes back and saves a kid and she brings that kid back to the beach. She's not sure if it is the boy's brother. In, in total, she goes out five times and she comes back to the shore uh, three times. On other occasions, she comes partially back in and, and hands, the, hands one for uh, the people she's rescued over to someone else. According to some newspaper reports, she swam out to the rudder of the General Slocum and, and saved a woman that was hanging hanging onto the rudder, brought her back to shore. Uh, and there's numerous reports like that. Then there's her own testimony to the, the public inquiry that took place afterwards. And she almost comes to grief because she almost attempts one rescue too many. Yeah, like, you know, this is exhausting. Repeatedly going out, dragging people out of the water, bringing them back to safety. As she makes what turns out to be her last uh, rescue attempt, 
she's bringing somebody back to the shoreline and a young girl grabs her legs and she's frantic, she can't swim and she's dragging Mary McCann beneath the, the water. Now, just fortunately, there was a whole ecosystem of different types of workers, firemen and police and so on on North Border Island. One of the firemen heard Mary McCann screaming and managed to rescue her and the girl and get them both back to shore. What was the reaction in the US to this horrendous disaster? I mean, more than a thousand people died. Yeah, it is extraordinary. And there, there is, as there is after these type of events, there are public inquiries of various sorts, coroner's inquests and so on. Now, you can probably guess that the safety standards at the time were pretty lax. But the General Slocum and its captain, a guy called William Van Sheik, were found to have not even met those lax standards. And he would end up spending, he'd be sentenced to 10 years imprisonment. He'd end up spending four. Uh, his wife would uh, successfully lead a campaign for his release and he was released uh, after four years later. But otherwise, as if we look at, say, just before we get to Mary McCann, obviously the community of Little Germany and the, that was devastated by this disaster, a thousand people. And even though it's a thousand people who are officially dead, the true figure is probably 12, 1300 more. And there's people who are grievously injured and people who've lost their families and their suicides and so on in that community for a long period afterwards. But Mary McCann... In contrast to William Van Sheik, the captain, who's seen to have failed in his duties, even though he stayed on the ship to the very end, she's held up as an exemplar of heroism and, and clear thinking. And it's extraordinary, you know, this idea of 15 minutes of fame. She really lives up to that because she is... Um, her face are, and her testimony and her interviews are with her are, are all over the press, New York Times, regional newspapers all across the United States, to the extent that she ends up getting... Thousands, uh, according to some newspapers, it's thousands. In her own words, it's hundreds uh, of marriage proposals. Uh, now, she says herself, um, she didn't seem at least bit awed by uh, the, the media coverage, but she did say to the, uh, she gave numerous interviews with regard to the marriage proposals. And she, you know, she said, look, and I paraphrase, but this is weird, you know, <laughs> please stop. Uh, and she even said that she, she told the postman to stop bringing her uh, these proposals because they're mostly from old guys. And, she, I, and this is to quote her directly. She said, I'm here to work. And if I, uh, if I do find marriage eventually, it'll be uh, through my own devices and not through uh, letters from, from, from old guys. And her action on that day becomes important and becomes integral to the debate on Irish immigration to the mm. USA, doesn't it? It does, because she's held up as an example of what immigrants can bring to a community or bring to a country. You know, later in the 20th century, 1917 and in the early 1920s, there are very restrictive uh, laws regarding immigration brought in in the United States. So that debate is always, it still goes on in America, it's always there. Uh, a number of newspapers highlight Mary McCann saying that, look, this, she's, she arrived here penniless, she arrived here ill, but within a couple, of, she arrived in April 1904, by June 1904, she's already a hero and has saved the lives of nine, she was credited with saving the lives of nine people. I just, there was one, you know, there was newspapers repeating each other's copy, but one newspaper um, item on her was repeated in multiple places and it ended the, a piece about uh, emigration and Irish people by saying, you know, may Ireland send us many another Mary McCann and keep, keep them coming, basically. 
She was honoured by the US Congress a few years later. Does she fade into obscurity after that? Uh, yeah, well, she goes back to living a normal life, I suppose you could say. She, as regards fame, yeah, she fades into a, it's a, uh, obscurity. Now, she lives in 1966. Uh, she marries in, in 1916. Um, and she ends up, they, that, that couple end up having four children, four daughters. But yeah, that is the the high point of her, her fame. Now, the, the, the medal that she got from Congress came in 1909, so a few years after uh, the Slocum disaster. So she has that, that period. But she was, for, for a brief period, held up as a, a remarkable example of an immigrant and somebody of, who showed immense courage. Indeed. Ian, many thanks for joining us this evening to talk about Mary McCann and the general Slocum disaster of 1904. <laughs> That's all we've got time for on this evening's programme. Details of all our items, as well as podcasts, are available on our website, rte.ie forward slash history show. My thanks tonight to Tommy O'Sullivan and Mark McGrath on sound and our researcher Ian Kennelly. The History Show is a Pegasus production for RTE. For now, from me, Miles Dungan, and producer Lorcan Clancy, goodbye and thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter at RTE History Show.